Where's your papers? I want to see your papers, man. Just who in the hell are you? You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Friday edition. We're off and running. Let's go. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, we have listened to Congress. We have listened to all those little midgets up there that are vying for that top spot in the government, the White House. I'm talking about the Republicans so-called Republicans that are running for that office. You got your Christie's and you got your, oh, I don't know, Rand Paul's and you got them all up there. Kasich, they're all a bunch of useless, useless people. They're politicians, ladies and gentlemen. They've been in the game a long time. They've been exposed to inside the beltway for decades Some of them have moved on from their fathers who were stuck in Congress for years and years. And you know the American people have spoken. If you look at the polls, which I do not believe because these polls are all handled by elitists, these polls are all put together by people who are East Coast elitists, West Coast elitists, progressives, whatever. They're not the average American putting a poll together. These people are all political pundits. I don't give a damn what anybody says. But even as much as they try, they cannot deny the fact that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are at the top of the heap. No matter how much they try to push onto the American people their agenda, the mainstream's agenda, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party's agenda of having an inside-the-beltway already indoctrinated, already... Uh, put put to the test by those respective parties, your Rand Pauls, your Christie's, your Kasich's, all of them, they are non-starters with the American people. The American people have made the statement. They have made the statement, we don't want politicians anymore. We want Americans, regardless of where they come from in their lives, uh, working lives, we want Americans that have not been exposed to inside the beltway, to all the indoctrination, all the BS that these two political parties have carried out over the years on their people, our people that we send to Congress. You know, it's kind of funny. We get people, we, we elect them on what they run for, right? And all these people, all these things they say they're going to do, when they're on the stump, all these people that say, I'm going to go to Congress and I'm going to change this and I'm going to help do this and I'm going to do that. Once they get there and they're getting uh, taken in by the, say, the Republican leadership and the Republican leadership tells them, hey, listen, what you told your constituents is non-starters here. You adhere to us or you won't have a political career. You won't have a committee to operate from. You will be a backbencher. So keep your damn mouth shut and you do what the Speaker of the House, you do what the leadership of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party tells you to do and we'll give you your marching orders. 
We don't give a damn what, what your constituents bought into when you told them you were coming here to straighten things out. That's not the way it is. You got it? And that's the way it is. So the American people finally woke up after decades and decades and decades of BS rammed down their throat by these individuals that somehow get hornswoggled when they get up to D.C. and they turn into just another vote for the elitists who run the country. Now you know we got a guy, we got two guys. We got Mr. Donald Trump who by no stretch of the imagination is an inside-the-beltway politician. He's an entrepreneur, a very, very successful businessman, and he can't be bought. We have Ted Cruz, who is inside the beltway. He's a senator from Texas, my state. He can't be bought. The people have tried time and time again. When I say the people, I'm talking about the Republican leadership and the mainstream media to switch this guy around and put him in line with the people who lead the Republican Party and the Republican Party ideology and marching orders, and Ted Cruz refuses to accept them. He has shown this time after time. He is a rogue politician. He is a person who is standing with the American people. He is a person who was sent there by his constituents, and those constituents bought into what Mr. Ted Cruz said he was going to, to do. And med, Mr. Ted Cruz has attempted, and in some instances, done what he said he was going to do. Those are two people. Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. That's it. The darling of the day right now for the mainstream media and the Republican Party, and yes, even the Democrat Party, is Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is a man that at one time was a member of the Gang of Eight, along with McCain and a bunch of damn uh, Democrats that were all for illegals, all for getting them all the benefits, all for, it was a bunch of BS they were spewing out of their mouths, the Gang of Eight. He can't deny he was a member. He can't deny he stood at the podium and backed the Gang of Eight and what they stood for. Marco Rubio is the darling of the Republican Party because he's one of them. He has always marched to the Republican Party uh, doctrine, if you will. He has never spoke out that much against what the leadership of the Republican Party wanted all of its constituents, the House of Representatives and the Senators, to do. Now he stands up here with his boyish grin and tries to pass himself off, tries to pass himself off as somebody that is going to represent the American people all based on the fact that he is the son of an immigrant that came from Cuba, blah, 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 blah. I have to admit, his oratory skills, he's articulate, they're all A+. But when it comes to what he really stands for, it's all a bunch of hot air. Now, I have a cartoon that I put up on the internet once in a while. It's Sergeant Rock. You remember Sergeant Rock from World War II, the old uh, Sergeant Rock comic books? And the caption reads, Sergeant Rock is looking at you right in the face with his combat helmet on, and he's rough and ready face, and he says, I don't believe a damn thing Congress says. They are always blowing smoke up America's ass. And that's exactly the way Gary Gatehouse feels. Congress is a bunch of people that will say whatever needs to be said on any given day, any given month or year, 
just so it uh, makes them look like they are all in when it comes to representing the American people. But they're not. Now recently I went into my archives and I found a letter, an open letter that I wrote to all members of the House of Representatives and the Senate. And I said the God Almighty is where freedom is derived. Our Constitution lays out to we the people those freedoms the freedoms that God gave us. Our Constitution, written by our founders, put that on paper. Under the Constitution, all duly elected, appointed individuals that are housed in the judiciary, executive, and the legislative are bound by oath when sworn to office to support the Constitution to carry out the laws of the land. Congress has no obligation under the Constitution to provide health care, education, housing, transportation, welfare, food stamps, security to those who have crossed our border illegally, who come into our, uh, in our country imported by Barack Hussein Obama Jr. from the Middle East, laying all those responsibilities at the feet of the American taxpayer. There is nowhere in the Constitution that says the American people are bound by the Constitution to do this. It's the politicians who are bending the Constitution. It's the politicians who are paying no attention to the Constitution that are pushing this on us. Congress, bound by their office, by their oath, are obliged by law to enforce all American law. Not cherry-pick those laws they want to enforce and forget about those laws that infringe on their political agenda. And there's a lot of that been going on lately. Any member of Congress, ladies and gentlemen, any member of Congress that refuses to enforce the laws of the Constitution, any member of Congress, White House, who member of, uh, lives in the White House, the president, who legislates for those who have broken our laws, who are not upholding the Constitution, should be impeached. Any member of Congress or the White House who acts in such a manner to support a known enemy of the United States, who defends our enemies such as Islam, should be impeached. Obama has and is supporting the Muslim Islamic religion and their holy war, jihad, on Christians, Jews, and the Western world. Obama is not enforcing the Constitution. He and members of the party on which he belongs are turning away from the Constitution. Sworn duty and making up their own laws as they go and using the executive orders via the office of the president to circumvent Congress in order to further the cause of the Muslim Islamic Jihad on the American people. It's plain and simple. If you pay attention, it's out there for all to see. Obama has turned his back on the Constitution. The Republican Party leadership has, and the Democrat Party overall has. The mainstream media does not recognize the Constitution. They have their agendas, and those agendas are an agenda that is no good for we the people. Oh, I can say Obama must be impeached. The Republican Party and its leadership must enforce the Constitution and the laws of our country to impeach Obama and those in the Democrat Party and Republican Party who side with, with, legislate, protect the agenda of Obama 
But who in the hell, at the bottom line, who in the hell is going to do the impeaching? Please don't tell me the Republican Party. Please don't tell me uh, uh, House Leader Paul Ryan. Please don't tell me that. The Republican Party and the Democrat Party have an obligation. They were elected by we the people to enforce America's laws. They took an oath of office to uphold these laws. Yet they refuse to honor those laws. They refuse to honor the Constitution. They have turned their backs on the American people. We, the American people who pay attention, know this. We know this. America, you who really care about your country, you who still love your children, and a lot of parents today park their children out and let somebody else raise them, let the schools raise them, let the schools indoctrinate them, Is that love of their children? I don't think so. But you people who still love your children and still want a better life for them when they grow up to be adults, we all must stand up. As a true American patriot, we should be. We must call Obama for what he is. He hates America. He hates Europe. He has proven this time after time. His disdain for the Constitution and his disdain for the American people, was brought out on in public, as Mr. Rudy, Giuliani said here recently, Obama does not love America or the American people. Mr. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani said what many Americans wish they had the opportunity to say. He was not shackled by political correctness, as the mainstream media is. He refused to bow, refused to capitulate to retract, by retracting those statements. He said what the American people would like more of our leaders say, and he would not retract those statements publicly. We have two people right now who are standing up against the status quo inside the Beltway. We have two people in the political realm that are standing up against those in the political system at the highest levels who refuse to honor their oaths, who refuse to practice what they preach, which it's all lies. It's all lies. They don't give a damn about the Constitution. They do what they damn well please. But yet they come out in front of the television and the American people and lie to us day after day after day. We have two individuals that are threatening all of this, threatening the status quo, threatening the mainstream media, threatening that whole system that has been set up over the decades to screw the American people and to take everything they can from us. And pass it out to, the, I'm talking about Congress now, and the White House. Pass our money, our taxpayer money out to people we don't even know. To other countries, to other governments. This to keep their political careers growing. It's time to stop this. And we have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, right in front of us. Mr. Donald Trump, Mr. Ted Cruz. We have the opportunity to stop Congress and stop Obama in their tracks, to stop the continued raping of the American people's pocketbooks and purses, to stop all of this lies and deceit and hate and misrepresentation of the American people. We have an opportunity to change this. And the Democrats and the Republicans know it. 
They know it. They know that if Donald Trump or Mr. Cruz or both or both are elected, that they are in trouble. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it took these people, I'm talking about Congress, I'm talking, talking about the politically elite folks, it took them decades and decades to set up what they have now going for them. They get elected, they go up there to office, and they run the country the way they want to run it. They do not give a damn about we the people. Have not for a long time. Look at Obama. Look at what he's done to the American people. Why has the Congress not stood up to him? Why haven't they impeached him many, many months ago? It's because they're all in the same damn bed. Long comes Cruz, long comes Trump. And as uh, a lot of these mainstream media, Fox included, say, you know, they're, uh, they're outsiders. They're not outsiders. They are, they are the American people. They represent the EP, we the people. Not the status quo folks that live inside the beltway. The liars, the, the people that attempt to BS us at every turn. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time that we stand up and back those two individuals. Take your pick. They're both fantastic patriots, if you ask me. Take your pick, America. It's time to put up or shut up. We'll be right back after the Phyllis Shafley Report. Stay tuned. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, pro-family leader, and author of 25 books, including the best-selling A Choice, Not an Echo. And now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. It's no secret that the National Education Association has a clear left-wing agenda for what teachers teach our children. It should come as no surprise that history teachers are being told to downplay America's rich history in favor of a shame narrative. The NEA's new business item B, considered so important that it passed unanimously at the annual NEA convention in Orlando, Florida, declares that we acknowledge the existence in our country of institutional racism, which even manifests itself in our schools. The delegates called for joining with like-minded groups, particularly in areas of cultural competence, diversity, and social justice, in order to address institutional racism. This is what Dinesh D'Souza calls the shame narrative of American history, famously advocated by the best-selling left-wing writer Howard Zinn. This skewed portrayal presents American history as a story of oppression by the white Europeans who allegedly stole the country from Indians, Africans, and Mexicans. This false view of our heritage is certainly not something that we want our children and grandchildren to be taught. Every presidential candidate should have a position paper on how best to reform public education. These views will have a huge impact on how the candidates are seen by the voters. But even with very good ideas for reform, the future president must still depend on teachers in the classroom. Unfortunately, most teachers pay dues to a union whose policies are fundamentally opposed to what parents and the public want their children to learn. 
The grassroots need to speak up against the NEA's shaming tactics. There can be no positive change in America's public schools as long as the teachers' unions have the power to collect mandatory dues from school employees whose salaries are paid by the taxpayers. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. The National Education Association is the largest labor union in the country. So how are they using that power? Regretfully, their goals have little to do with better educating our children. Do you have an opinion on the NEA? Read, follow, and add to the blog at eagleforum.org. That's eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged, get on your knees in prayer, and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com. Well, welcome back. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I kind of went off on the monologue, but uh, I'm sick and tired of these people in Congress. I'm sick and tired of a son of a gun up there in Washington, D.C., in the White House that has absolutely no care at all for the American people or our country. He flies around all over the world. He demeans the American people. He apologizes for we being American. He apologizes to the world for we Americans who have forked out trillions of dollars to help people who are down in their luck, countries that are under attack, etc. The American people have always been there to help. Obama looks at the American people as a bunch of dolts. He looks at us as a bunch of toothless hillbillies. He looks at us as, as he would say, all of us conservatives who cling to our Bibles and guns. He does have no love at all for this country. No love at all for the American people. He's in bed with Muslims, Islam, because he is one. I don't give a tinker's damn, to quote a man, Joseph McCarthy. I don't give a tinker's damn what, the mainstream media says. What all these talking heads say that are representing the left? Obama is a Muslim. Now you can take all the incidents, you can take all of the rhetoric, you can take all of his world tours and put them all together and everything that he says about America, everything he says about Islam are on opposite ends of the spectrum. He hates America. He loves Islam. He's always saying that Islam is an integral part of the United States, has helped the United States grow in stature to what it is today, and that is a dang lie. It's a lie. But yet he gets out there in front of God and everybody and makes those statements. Why does he do it? Because he is an Islamic person. He is a Muslim now, I don't care what people say that listen to my show about Gary Gatehouse has lost it. 
Gary Gatehouse doesn't know what he's talking about when he talks about Obama. Those words come very much at me every day in my email box from all you folks out there that tune in, all you little trolls that tune in and listen to my show and uh, get in front of your keyboard to type your little emails to me, making fun of me, making fun of my statements, making uh, fun and calling me every name in a book. I don't give a damn about you people because you are the ones who are underinformed, misinformed. I don't give a damn Americans. Well, really, you're not Americans. I don't know what the hell, hell you are. But we the people who understand, we the people who understand what is going on in America today, we take a firm stand on this. We will not be swayed. I know the mainstream media is always talking about Donald Trump and his groupies, is as they'd like to use that word, but they use his followers, his base, that sign on to it and keep him at his 27% to 32% up there in the polls ahead of their boy Rubio or their boy Bush. You know, Fox News uses that term a lot. Donald Trump's group, Donald Trump's followers. And they bring all these pundits on television and they parade them across the screen. All these people that live on the East Coast, live inside the Beltway, are tied at one way or another with the elitist up there. They're the elitist themselves. The Megyn Kellys, all of them. They're all a bunch of, I don't know what they are. I don't know what the word could be used to describe them. They're shallow. They're... uh they march to the tune of whatever else the mainstream media marches to. They march to the ideology of the elitist inside the beltway. They march to the megabuck people who put out the money to finance these inside the beltway people when it comes to run for president. Now, I read a headline the other day. And the headline went something like this. GOP establishment to back Hillary if Trump is the nominee. And went on to say they want a puppet they can control. Donald Trump will never be that person. Although Donald Trump has signed a pledge to support the Republican Party's nominee, that doesn't mean the party's establishment will support him, should he win the GOP presidential nod. Now this is a report that came from the Hill, was a which is a left-wing rag, and all those people that represent that rag, the Hill, are all left-wing dolts. And they suggest that the big money Republican donors are actually looking to are actually looking to support Hillary Clinton for commander in chief if Trump is at the top of the GOP ticket. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all propaganda put out by the Hill. This is all misinformation put out by the Hill. This is coming directly from the GOP, the RNC, those statements that they will support Hillary Clinton. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. Because they've declared war on Donald Trump. They don't want him in office. They don't want Mr. Ted Cruz in office. They want one of their boys. Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, and maybe one of the other midgets that's running. But they damn sure don't want Trump, and they damn sure don't want Ted Cruz. For the simple reason that they have stood against the GOP. They have stood against the elitists that sat in their ivory towers inside the Beltway. They have spoken the truth. I'm talking about Cruz and Trump now. 
they have brought it to the minds and in the minds of the American people that they, we, the people, are being screwed. We're not being represented. We're being thrown off the bus, not in the back of the bus. We've been thrown off of it. And we have two champions that are making it known, be known to the American people. They are speaking the truth. They are shining the light of truth on these elitists in the mainstream media, these elitists in Hollywood, these elitists in the Congress that have for years and years put together this machine in unison with the, each other, the mainstream media, Hollywood, the Congress, to put out propaganda, misinformation, disinformation to the American people. Look at all the different things that are going on in America today that the Republican Party does not say anything about, that the Democrat Party backs 100%, that Hollywood backs 100%, that the mainstream media backs 100%, such as things as the gay movement, the lesbian, gay lesbian movement, the teachings of such in our schools, the downfall of our schools to the point that they're indoctrination clinics for the Democrat Communist Party. And everybody stands with that and supports it in the inside the beltway status quo class, the elitist. Like I said, we have two individuals that don't stand with them. Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. They are shining the light of truth on these individuals and what they really stand for. And they, these individuals and these uh, political parties cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. That two people outside the beltway, two people outside the realm of the elitist organization called Congress and the presidential uh, office, they cannot stand the fact that there are two individuals out there that are telling the American people the truth and speaking the words in the American people's language that they understand. You know, ladies and gentlemen, like I said in my monologue, and I'll say it again, there comes a time in America, and it's proven down through history, there comes a time when there's a tipping point. They, there, there comes a time when the American people finally wake up and join arms and say, we've had enough of this. You're seeing more Democrats and Republicans coming together to support Cruz and support Ted uh, Donald Trump. For the simple reason they are sick and tired of these people in Washington, D.C., these elitists, and these people that call themselves the mainstream media, the voice of the people, that's a big damn lie. The mainstream media is nothing more than a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party and the Republican leadership. That's all it is. They take the news and they spin it to fit the ideology of what these two elitist groups stand for. And they do not stand for the American people. They do not stand for the American people. But you know in this article it says the website in conversations over the past month, I'm talking about the Hill, GOP, the Grand Old Progressive Party, Establishment donors have confided to the Hill that for the first time in recent memory they find themselves in contemplating not supporting a Republican nominee for president. Who gives a damn? Who gives a damn? Because the people that they support are nothing more than puppets, mouthpieces for these individuals that have all the big bucks. 
Now we have an individual that has billions of dollars, can't be bought, an entrepreneur, Mr. Donald Trump, and these people can't buy him out, these big pack money people, and they realize for the first time we have an individual that can't be bought, cannot be swayed, and has the voice and the mind of the American people. They can't stand it, ladies and gentlemen. They're beside themselves. They see that if Donald Trump or Cruz or both of them somehow come together or elected, that their power will be deflated. Their sway over the American people's minds will be lost. And the elitism that they have taken decades and decades and decades to build will be brought down. They understand this. So they're at war with Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. The media is the propaganda arm to carry that political war forward. And I'm talking about all the political people in, inside the Beltway. All the pundits, people like Karl Rove, who's made millions and millions of dollars off running political uh, campaigns. He's nothing but an inside-the-beltway political hack. You know, ladies and gentlemen, America today is so torn apart at its seams that we, as a people, are struggling to get back together and unify against all of this that's going on. I can truly say, if you look at the situation overall, and all the rhetoric, and all the hyperbole, all the lies and deceit, and all the misinformation and disinformation and propaganda that is coming outside from inside the Beltway, the, our Congress, our government, they are truly the enemy of the state. They're the enemy of us. They don't stand for us. They don't stand with the American people. Look at what they're backing as far as illegals and bringing uh, Syrians into this country. They would jeopardize the security of your kids and my kids and our families and our small towns and our cities just to make a political point for themselves. Because they know they have enough people left in the United States that have bought in to all the propaganda that they've put out over the years bought into all the lies. But one has to look no further than a meeting that took place just a few days ago between Mr. Donald Trump and over a hundred black leaders, religious leaders. Now the mainstream media has done everything it can to poo-poo this meeting. They put information out that these black religious leaders, these clergymen, really didn't uh, have a lot in common with what Donald Trump said. They've made all kinds of statements. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you think about it, and I see on the clock I've got to go to break, but if you think about it, the black community, the black community in the United States has been held captive by the Communist Democrat Party for over a century now with promises that they would take care of the black people and get them out of the ghettos, get them education, get them into the mainstream 
world of uh, the United States, they haven't done it. They've lied, and the black people have constantly been browbeat by their leaders to buy in to the Democrat lies decade after decade after decade. Now, we'll talk about this more when I come back. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org. I had a sore in my mouth that just wouldn't go away. And after a couple of weeks, I went to my doctor. A sore, lump, or thick patch in your mouth or throat could be a symptom of oral cancer. My doctor told me I was smart to come in. He said that oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. It turns out I did have oral cancer, but it was caught early and my treatment was successful. I'm glad I got it checked. That probably saved my life. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Visit a doctor or dentist if you see changes in your mouth that don't go away after two weeks. It's important to get an oral cancer exam because if you do have cancer, the earlier it's caught, the better. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Now, folks, we got to treat our children well. We want to give them uh, an America that they can grow up in and be free in. And today, we have enemies at the gate who are trying to destroy what America is, trying to change it. Obama said way back in 2008, we are only days away from fundamentally changing America. Look around what he has done in seven years. Look what America has become under Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the silver-tongued devil, the Marxist from Chicago. Just look at the community organizer and what he has accomplished. What other nations have wanted to do to America, he has done with the compliance and the help of Congress. Them on your dreams, the one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why, if they told you you would cry. You know, folks, we all, we who love America, know that our children are the future of America. Look around. Listen to them. They have been misled, misinformed, underinformed, disinformed. 
and propagandized and indoctrinated by the public school system that has been the basic tenet of freedom in America for almost two centuries. And now the Republicans and the Democrats over the years have instilled into the public school system a new agenda, and that agenda is to misinform, underinform, indoctrinate our children, not in the ways of America, but in the ways of socialism, a one-world government. It's time that we speak out. It's time that we stand up for our children. And feed them on your dreams. The one they fix. The one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why. You know, when we say God bless America, does the average American really mean it? Do they even know what they're saying, what it entails? Sometimes I really wonder. Now, before the break, we were talking about the black community and how they've been lied to by the political system namely the Democrat Party. How they've been lied to and used by their own black leaders, such as Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and others, by the NAACP. The black community overall is in the same state of disarray that it was in a hundred years ago. The black community today has made no progress when it comes to the average black American family. Most of them still reside in the ghetto or on the fringes. Most black American families today are still in the same quagmire of lies and deceit and promises that the Democrat Party have issued and said to them for decades after decades. And I've said in many of my shows in the past, who are the first ones to show show up at the into the black community, into their churches, and right before election. It's Democrats, the politicians. They come up there with all their ideas and all their lies, and they pass them on to the black community as the truth, things that they will do for them. Hillary Clinton comes uh, to the black community and even tries to talk like a black person. That's demeaning. But the black people and the black community said nothing. I don't understand this. Along comes a man, a white man, a rich man, a very rich man, a multi-billionaire, a self-made man, an entrepreneur, Mr. Donald Trump. And he, he extends his hand out to the black community. He extends his hand out to the clergy of the black community, of the black churches. And what does the media do? They try to poo-poo it off. They try to make it look like O'Donnell Trump is doing nothing but uh, trying to sway the thoughts and minds of the black clergy just so they'll vote for him. That might be part of it. But he had, he had no recourse or he had no uh, other way to go than to reach his hand out to the black community. He realizes that the black community has been put under by the Democrats and by the Republican leadership. He realizes that the black community overall has no representation, just as us average white Joes and uh, uh, ladies in the white community do. We have no representation when it comes for the uh, government standing up for us, doing the will of the people. They do not do it. 
And the Democrat Party, like I said over decades, has used the black community as a tool, has used the black community to embed their lies into the black community and all their promises to capture a whole voting block of people that they have held captive for decades. They have brainwashed the black people into thinking there is, they have no other recourse than voting for Democrats because Republicans and conservatives and white folks just don't give a damn. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, you talk about driving wedges between groups and races of people, the black community and the Democrats, the Democrats have done that for decades. They've drove a wedge between the black community and white folks, the black community and conservatism, the black community and God. We all recognize, we all know, that in the past, the black community was one of the most staunchest Christian communities in the United States. Their beliefs in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ were above none. But that has all been eroded. Look at the average young blackhead in in the ghetto today. They have no concept, no idea of God, just like a lot of our white kids today. Where did that all come from? It came from our schools. It came from taking God out of our the American way of life. It, it took the indoctrination of our public school systems. And don't get me started on public schools and the inside the beltway idea on how they should be ran and controlled. The, the political arm and propaganda and indoctrination arm of our public school system ran by Democrats is the National Education Association. And our schools inside the ghettos are absolute war zones. They're not schools. You know, folks, if you had to ch- send one of your kids to a black school inside the, the ghetto of any major city, you'd be scared to death. You'd be, can you imagine those moms, those single moms, and the parents inside the ghetto that have to send their kids to these so-called public schools? That are being, their kids are not being taught anything? Zero. It's a haven for drugs and uh, sex abuse and you name it. But the Democrat Party continues to say, hey, we're, they vote for us. We're going to improve all that. They've been saying it for decades to you black people. For decades, as they have for us poor white folks. They don't give a damn about us. I really don't care they don't give a damn about us. Just stay the hell out of our business. Keep your fingers and your perverted ideas and your political system out of our lives. We don't want you. We don't need you. Your main March in life or your main requirement under the Constitution, I'm talking about the government now, is to give us the security we need to carry on with our lives and to improve our country. That's all you people in Congress are required to do. You're not required to tell us how much soda pop we can drink. You're not required to tell us who or who we can't see in the bedroom. You're not required to tell us any of those things. But you've made it your business over the years. And along comes Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. And they say, wait a minute. Hold on here. I think we ought to get up here and uh, tell the American people just how much they are getting screwed and abused by the federal government, by the White House, by Congress, by the Senate, by the House of Representatives, and all that it entails. 
And what happens? The mainstream. The mainstream is status quo. They see an absolute threat by those two men on what they have worked so hard. I'm talking about the mainstream status quo people of the political scene. They see that as a threat, those two guys. And they are doing everything they can to bring them down. They want their boy Rubio or Bush in office, a puppet that can say the nice things and do the rhetoric and do the uh, all the things that should be said to the American people, but with one underlying consequence. The truth is not in their voices. What they say they're going to do is a lie. There are consequences, huge consequences to the election of 2016. There are huge consequences in who we vote into office of the presidency. And all those congressmen and senators that happen to be running during that voting period. America, you have got to step back. You have got to step back. You've got to educate yourself on just who is representing you and who is not. Oh, it's easy to go in the voting booth and pull the handle for the straight R or the straight D. But you've got to look at each individual that is voting, that you're voting for, that represents you within your constituency or within the, the, the whole realm of things, the presidency. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we the people. We the people. This is a republic, not a democracy. We the people, whether you be a minority or the majority, we the people, we are a republic. I know the Democrats and the Congress and, and the Republicans and the President try to keep on saying that we're democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. Go study up on it. There is a huge difference. Now we're coming up on the hour. And in the second hour when we come back, we're going to be visiting some of the things that Donald Trump stands for, some of the things that Ted Cruz stands for. We're going to be looking at, through the microscope, through the prism of the truth on what our representatives stand for. We're going to be looking at Islam and what they would like to do to our country, to Western Europe, to England, to New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the free world. We're going to be looking at ladies, a lady who has taken upon herself to warn the American people, even at the threat of losing her life. She has stepped up. You know, folks, America always looks for a hero, always has. We place a lot of our belief in a person or persons who stand up for the right, the truth, and the American way. We have always done that. The John Waynes, the whoever that represent the true American people, rugged individualism, people who would rather be on their own, stand on their own two feet and have some federal government telling them what to do. The true American people. I don't know just how many of us are left. I really don't. But those of us who are left, it's our responsibility as caretakers of this country and what it stands for and the caretakers of the Constitution 
to protect all that is good with this country for our future generations, for our children, our grandchildren. It is our responsibility. And we cannot, we cannot uh, remove ourselves from that responsibility. We cannot sway. We cannot uh, deter. We have to stand fast as a people who believe in the Constitution, believe in our military, believe in our American way of life. And we who say publicly, as Gary Gatehouse is getting ready to say, we will not let any government, any representatives, any rogue president, any uh, political movement, any country, any religion such as Islam, take our country from us. We just flat ass are not going to allow this to happen. Now, it's an easy thing to say. It's an easy thing to say, but you do not hear a, you don't hear a lot of people saying what I just said publicly, do you? Because they know there could be consequences for saying it. Well, I'll say it and continue to say it. I'm a proud American. I'm proud of my country. I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of my state, Texas. I'm proud of my governor for standing up against Obama and all his threats. I'm proud to say that I'm a believer in the Constitution and live by it. I'm proud to say I'm not a lawbreaker. I'm proud to say that I'm a veteran of a foreign war, Vietnam. I did my duty for 31 years. And I know there are many, many millions of people just like me out there. I know there are. And as the old thing, the old saying used to be, now is the time for all good men and women to come to their aid or their country. Now is the time for that to happen. We've been made fun of. We've been impugned. We've been had fingers pointed at us and calling us every names in the book as real Americans, as conservatives, as folks that love our country. We've been called threats to the Constitution by our own government. We've been told that we cling to our Bibles and guns. That's true. That's a true statement. Because we are the American people. You people in Congress, you forgot all about us. You people in the White House, you SOBs up there that are trying to change and destroy America, you don't want us. You would rather eradicate us, wipe us off the face of the earth politically. But we're not going to go away. We're not going to go away. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be right back after the top of the hour news. Don't go away. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-minute news break. Please stand by. News Radio, I'm Tom Graham. Still not ready to call it terrorism. The FBI continues to investigate the man and woman behind the San Bernardino mass shooting. Fox News' Adam Housley speaking with investigators in California. They have found a plethora of evidence that leads them to believe a number of things. That one, this couple may have been heading to a second attack or planned a second attack. That the first attack was done because they knew it would be successful because it was a soft target. They're also looking at the money trail. They don't believe the couple could have afforded what they think 
bank is more than $30,000 in supplies that produced the explosive pipe bombs as well as the ammunition and weapons. The shooting rampage left 14 dead, making its way to the campaign trail. Democrat Hillary Clinton calling on Congress to pass a bill. Would prohibit people who are on our no-fly list from buying a weapon. Meantime, the Senate rejected a bill Thursday to expand background checks for gun purchases and staying on Capitol Hill, challenging the White House for the first time, Senate Republicans passing a measure aimed at repealing Obamacare. The yeas are 52. The nays are 47. President Obama is planting a veto. Looking for a few good people, not just men. All combat armed forces jobs now open to women. Notably absent when Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced he was opening all frontline combat positions to women was Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Joe Dunford, who as Marine Commandant oversaw a study that found male-only infantry units shot more accurately, could carry more weight, and had lower injury rates. Carter was asked if women Women in the military could be forced to serve on the front lines in combat. Women will be subject to the same uh, standards and rules that men will. At the Pentagon, Jennifer Griffin, Fox News. NFL Thursday night football. Aaron Rodgers hitting a Hail Mary come from behind. Touchdown pass with no time left. Packers over the Lions, 27-23. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Dave. What are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. An American reporter has now been in prison for 500 days in Iran. Washington Post reporter Jason Resigns accused of espionage in Iran. His brother Ali delivering a petition to the Iranian United Nations mission demanding his release. Clearly we're all frustrated. Clearly this is a horrible situation. We just we just want him home and they need to know, they need to pass on to everybody that the world is watching and that this is costing Iran credibility. Iran State TV reported last month that Jason Resigns had been sentenced to an unspecified term following his conviction on espionage and other charges. There's been no additional information given to us. It's just been waiting, and and it's really torturous for Jason and for my mom over there. Chris Foster, Fox News. Dutch police arresting an 18-year-old Syrian asylum seeker. He's accused of also being a fighter with Islamic State. Tensions are tight. This is migrants continue to flow across the Greece-Macedonia border on their way to Europe. The European Union urged Greece to step up controls on its borders. And Hungary says it's mounting a legal challenge against the European Union's plan to distribute asylum seekers among member states under a quota system. The UN estimates that around 860,000 migrants have arrived in Europe this year, though those numbers are dropping as the weather worsens. Fox's Kenny Logan in London. Lawmakers in Washington looking to tighten U.S. borders, drafting rules aimed at cracking down on visa requirements. This in the wake of last month's terror attacks in France. You look at the mastermind behind Paris. He bragged about 
the freedom of travel throughout Europe and the easiness of it. We have a real concern of that ability to come to America without having a check. House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy there. Wet weather on Florida's Space Coast, putting the launch of the latest Atlas rocket on hold. It's packing about 7,400 pounds of supplies for the International Space Station. And another down day on Wall Street, the Dow losing 251 points. Overnight stock futures are on the positive side, though. I'm Tom Graham, Fox News Radio. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Live from the UK. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. Ladies and gentlemen, Well, welcome back to the second half of Friday Anything Goes, Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Coming to you all the way from London, England, via Restoration Radio International. Yeah, I hope you guys are having a great time out there, wherever you're at. I know a lot of you blokes are already uh, planted your ass in the pubs, having a few pints. I wish the hell I was there with you. Things are popping here across the pond in the United States of America. Stand by. You know, folks, over the past few hours, things have really popped here in the United States. It seems that, once again, the United States of America, this is Gary Gatehouse's opinion, has been attacked by radical jihadists. Homegrown, one of them. The other one, from Pakistan. The homegrown one, his parents were from Pakistan. They visited Saudi Arabia. They did all the things that would point directly to an act of jihadism, Islamic jihadism, terrorist, or terrorism. But yet here in the United States... We have individuals, we have groups of people, we have large contingents of people that are still scratching their head and wondering just what caused all of this. What was the motive behind the killing of 14 innocent American people attending a Christmas banquet? Just what was behind the wounding of 17 others attending the same Christmas banquet? And why were these people all dressed up in combat gear? And why were they carrying automatic weapons and pipe bombs and added clips strapped to their bodies? Were they there just to stroll around and scare people? And why did they do it? The left is still scratching his head. Was it the workplace violence? Obama doesn't know. The left doesn't know. The mainstream media, including Fox News, they don't know. But anybody with any sense at all, common sense, knows that this attack was well-organized, well-planned. They had a target, a soft target, and they took it out. Now, there's some questions that the left is not asking, There are some questions that the mainstream media is not asking. 
probably at the behest of Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the stealth Muslim, is asking them, please, don't ask these types of questions right now, because it might it might shine badly on my buddies, the Islamic dudes over there in the Middle East that I, you know, uh, care, and, and the uh, Muslim Brotherhood and all that, all my buddies. So please don't ask the questions like, where did these two individuals get their money from? Where did they get their money from on their salaries to buy automatic weapons, all the fixings for pipe bombs, all the knowledge? Where did they get their knowledge from as far as how to conduct a terrorist attack, how to go in, how to pick a soft target? Where did they get their knowledge on and how to assembly, assemble pipe bombs? Why did they visit Saudi Arabia? Why are the Cairo, uh, the care people, the ragheads that got up in front of the, the cameras almost immediately after this went down. Why did they get up there and denounce this as a act that they do not buy into when these are the same SOBs that back the PLO and back other terrorist organizations and affront for the Muslim Brotherhood? Why would they come forward so fast and do this? Why would they uh, prayed out this one dude, the, the man that carried out the attacks? Why would they prayed out his brother-in-law or his brother or his uncle or whoever the hell he was? Almost crying. Saying, I don't know what he did. As I talked to him a week ago, he seemed to be okay. Now I want you all to bear in mind, and I've said it many times. One part of the Quran states that a Muslim who practices Islam, can lie through their teeth if it means furthering the cause of Islam, whether it be jihad, whatever. And you know damn well these people who were standing up in front of the TV cameras, uh, the care folks, the Muslims, they were up there lying through their teeth. They didn't mean a damn thing they said. But the left goes around scratching its head and the mainstream media is all flustered throwing its arms left and right. What do we do? How do we find this out? Who did this? Is it workplace violence? Blah, 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 blah. It's the same old damn scenario here in the United States. Political correctness has these people by the balls, has them by the spine, has them by the brain. They are afraid to speak out against their Lord and Savior, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. They've all coalesced around the left-leaning people and the media as far as putting out propaganda, misinformation, and disinformation. They are not reporting. Some stations didn't even report the guy's name well into two to three hours after the thing went down when they knew it almost right away. Why? Why do they keep information from the American people? And furthermore, why do you dolts, you liberal socialist pigs, get on Twitter and get on Facebook and start preaching this whole damn thing of taking guns away, the Second Amendment, taking guns away from the American people? Hell, somebody in that damn room might have had a firearm. They might have at least had a chance to take out those people. But no, in California, that is one of the strictest firearm uh, states in the United States as far as laws go, these two individuals that carried out this dastardly attack, they got the firearms somehow. How did they get them? Being Muslim names. Why weren't they on the list? 
of people that should not be issued firearms or sold firearms or however they got them. None of these questions have been asked. Why? Why is the left so hell-bent on pointing the finger at conservatives and the Republican Party and the people that are run for the presidential nod on the uh, Republican side, why are they so hell-bent on pointing the finger at them and insinuating and in some instances blaming them for what happened in San Bernardino, California? Why is that? I'll tell you why right now. And I hope there's some liberals listening. You are ignorant bastards to start with. You do not have any clue. You have no common sense. You have been brainwashed to the point by your ideology and your religion, socialism, Marxism, communism, progressivism, whatever ism you want to call it, that is your religion. You do not believe in God. You do not believe in America. You do not even have any idea what the Constitution's about. And if you did, you could care less. You are ignorant bastards. And I have to say that in a not loving way. You folks on the left, and you folks in the mainstream media, including Fox News, you are not telling us the truth. You're talking around the issues. You're speaking words that we don't want to hear. We want to know the truth. Yet all we hear is the same old rhetoric, the same old hyperbole that comes out of the mainstream media's mouth at every incident. They don't want to blame this on Islam. They don't want to point the finger at Islam. Oh no, you can't do that. Even though they were both Muslims, even though they were both visited Saudi Arabia, no, you can't do that. They were not doing that in the name of Islam. They were not doing that in the name of the Quran. They were not doing that in the name of the Muslim religion, the phony religion, the Quran that they read and pray out of day after day after day, five times a day, pointing their heads to the east and bowing down and praying to this phony God that they believe in. No, you can't say anything about them about that. But the left can damn sure point the finger and besmirch and demean Christians when our leaders on the Republican side that are running for the presidential office come out and said publicly that our prayers are with you. We believe that uh, our prayers will help those folks in San Bernardino. A newspaper in New York City, a bastion of progressivism and communism. Hell, they got a communist mayor. Come out and make fun of those guys for saying anything about prayer. Have a listen to this, a comment from Mary Ju- uh, Mayor Giuliani on this very subject. Listen to this. There were some comments in a New York newspaper today, the Daily News, criticizing Republicans for talking about thoughts and prayers. How you can possibly, how you can possibly criticize people who are talking about praying to God uh, for help in a situation like this is uh, he must not have lived through uh, September 11. I mean, I was praying to God when I was trapped in a building for 20 or 25 minutes and thought I might be dead. Uh, I was praying to God for 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 my friends, hoping hoping uh, they wouldn't be reported uh, dead. And then I was praying that Father Judge uh, wouldn't wouldn't be dead. I went to a hundred masses, memorial services, or more in all different faiths and religions. 
So, I mean, that's rejecting the beliefs of the vast majority of uh, Americans, particularly at a, at a time like this. I found after September 11, I found that one of the few things people had to cling to was their religion, whether it was Christian, whether it was Jewish, uh, whether it was uh, Islamic. In a time of support when you need it. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Uh, we await more information now. Thank you. Rudy Giuliani. Thanks. There you go, folks. Ru uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who went through hell back during 9-11 when he had to attend hundreds of masses and funeral services for people that he knew, people that served New York. Prayers were affluent everywhere. They were flowing like water back then. Let me ask you a question. All you folks that listen to this show, let me ask you a question, all you SOBs out there that call yourself liberals, heathens is what you are. Heathens is what you are. Let me ask you a question. If they would have been talking about Muslims, and if Muslims would have got up and in front of the microphone and talked about prayer to Allah for these people, what do you think CNN and uh, all the, the news media would have to say about that? Would they make fun of the Muslims for using the term prayer? Would they make fun of Allah? Hell no, they wouldn't. They were pointing the finger at Christians. And we know it. We people who are Christians, we people who are Americans who believe in the Constitution and believe in our religious rights, we know that the left, we know that the left, their leadership, all the way to the top end of the Rainbow House, formerly known as the White House, hate Christians. Don't want anything to do with Christians. They think we're old news, old hat. We think They think that we're idiots for even believing in a God. Look at the darn movement they've got to take God out of our country, take God out of our schools, take God out of everything that we, the American people, we Christians believe in. There's just another prime example. When we have people that are looking... Uh, be elected, or trying to get elected, trying to get the nod as a Republican uh, representative to run for the White House, when they come out and make statements that uh, our prayers are with the people of San Bernardino, when they come out and made statements that they are praying for the folks that were, and their families, of the folks in San Bernardino who lost those 14 individuals, or the, the folks that were wounded, the media goes after them. The media makes fun of them. The media says things like, well, you know, prayers, God won't fix this. And all along, these heathens on the left, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If the people who made those statements were Muslims, and they, they would have said something like, oh, our prayers to Allah are for those, are with those people. Do you think the left would have attacked them? Do you think the left would have attacked their religion? Do you think the left would have insinuated anything in the negative against Muslims of Islam, character, and religion, saying our prayers are with the people of San Bernardino? Hell no, they wouldn't. But we know the Muslims wouldn't say anything like that. If they did, they're lying through their teeth anyway. But you know the heathens on the left, ladies and gentlemen. The heathens on the left are hell-bent on destroying Christianity in America. And they will make and take every opportunity they can, and they will politicize any opportunity 
The murder of 14 individuals by jihad terrorists, by Muslims in San Bernardino, that's just a political ploy there for them, the, the uh, left, to get their foot in the door and get their ugly message out to the people of America and the world. It's just a political opportunity to so once again for that SOB in the White House to stand up in front of the cameras and say, we got to do something about these here guns. Now these guns, we uh, there's just too much of this killing going on. Did you know last weekend in Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, the community organizer, the stealth Muslim in his hometown of Chicago, do you know last weekend, the last weekend back in Thanksgiving weekend, do you know that over 80 people were shot and wounded in Chicago during that weekend? Just one weekend! Now, is the silver-tongued devil saying anything about that? Are the black so-called leaders of the black community saying anything about that? Are they standing up and raising hell about that? Now, Chicago has the strictest gun laws in the United States of America. Where did those 80 people, or where did those people that shot those 80 people, or wounded those 80 people, probably all blacks, where did they get their weapons from? Did they go down to the gun store and buy them? Did they go to a trade show and buy them? Hell no, they got them on the black market. They got them on the black market. You could take every damn gun away from the United States that you wanted. But criminals and jihadists and people that dislike shooting each other will find a way to get a gun. And all along, the rest of us are sitting out there with our butts flapping in the breeze like those poor people, those poor people in that Christmas celebration they had that were killed, 14 of them, didn't have a chance. Because you see, the California gun laws won't allow to carry. And like I said before, if one or two individuals in that crowd were carrying a weapon, it might have given those 14 individuals and 17 wounded a chance. They might have been able to take those two jihadist Muslims who were hell-bent on killing these people, celebrating Christmas through a dinner they might have been able to take them out. But you know, liberals don't think that way. They don't think that way. They think that, you know, I can sit here in my house and hide in my closet and talk on my cell phone and there could be jihadists all around. There could be people all around that are hell-bent on killing us and the police will be here before they kill me. Two hours later, the police are pulling a dead body out of a closet. A few bullet holes in them. A knife stab in them. Whatever the case may be, the police can't be everywhere at the same time. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, you people on the left have been so indoctrinated, so bamboozled, so uh, brainwashed is a good word, that you, you can't find your ass with both hands. You are so cowardly, so sheepish, that you would hide in a closet and hope and pray that somebody will come and save you that does have a gun. And you let your government dictate to you that you do not have a right. And the Second Amendment is not anything good for America. And you buy into it whole cloth. And you're a bunch of freaking idiots. That's what you are. You're idiots. Every one of you are. The whole damn bunch of you are. 
and all of you folks out there that are heathens and come down on Christians for sending prayers out to those poor folks in San Bernardino, California, well, I tell you what, you're lower than well, you know what. You are lower, you are scumbags. That's what you are. You are heathens. You don't know the left and the right, up and down, north and south, east or west. The only thing you believe in is what revolves around you, you little narcissistic bastards. That's exactly what you are. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. Hey, this is Gary Gatehouse, and I'd like to give you a hot flash here. Trade Martin, that's right, Trade Martin, famous producer, famous music writer, now has his own radio show on Sunday morning. That's right, Big Dog Radio. And you can get him on Big Dog Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Don't forget, every Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Hey, this is Gary Gatehouse. Just a reminder, tune in to Restoration Radio International this weekend and listen to all three of my weekly shows. Don't forget, Restoration Radio International, weekends, Gary Gatehouse, be there. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back live at the National Butt-Out Finals. A.J. Langer is all fired up, and there he goes. It's out. He put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with A.J. Lori? A.J., how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out. All the way. Every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere. Well, folks, this is Billy Bob, and Gary just said to sit down here and say something and play some music. He had to go out to the outhouse, and he'll be back in a minute. So I'm going to play one of my favorite songs. Well, thank you, Billy Bob. And this song is for all you folks out there in San Bernardino that lost loved ones. All you folks that have loved ones that were wounded. In that gun battle yesterday, God bless every one of you. As I went down 
Fellow Christians, please take some time to say prayers for these individuals. If you stop and think about it, there were 14 people killed by two individuals that probably worship something other than what I would call a god. I don't know. But those 14 individuals, if you stop and think about it, where they were the brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, moms and dads, of whole families, extended families, families who had little ones, families maybe who had grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It not just did not affect the immediate family, it affected a whole realm of individuals that orbited around each one of these people that were murdered in cold blood. Pray that their souls are with God now. Pray that God looks down on them and their families in a, and gives and bestows blessings on them. These people didn't deserve what was given to them on that day. But if we Christians all believe in what we say, there was a purpose behind it all. We don't know what it is. We don't know how God works. He works in mysterious ways. Some people are called in one way. Some people are called in another. When we come to that final day, that final breath, we don't know how we're going to end our stay on earth. These people, they went out in a violent blast of gunfire. And I pray to God that they are with God now. God bless every one of them. God bless their families, their children, their moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, and all their friends. We can't forget the friends. They lost a a part of their life as well when those 14 were killed. This is Gary Gatehouse. And we'll be back after the report from South Africa with Ricky Rasmussen, our voice. Stand by. Hi there and welcome to Gary Gatehouse Show and thank you for listening to me, Ricky, with our voice. I am trying to get you to understand what the South Africans have to live with on a daily basis. And yes, having read the news, reading social media, it is obvious that the world all over, there is a serious problem. And um, I think it's a good thing that we listen 
and take cognizance of what is going on in other countries, that the situation in South Africa is so uncalled for and it is really a disgrace. And it's not because of lack of competent people or lack of resources or lack of money. It is pure and simple corruption, mismanagement, failure to properly govern the country. All state-owned companies and government um, offices are really in a bad state. The latest news on this is the Department of Home Affairs published a report to the effect that they've arrested 26 of their own officials for corruption and fraud since July of 2015. Now the crimes that these people have been arrested for is the issuing of fake identity documents and attempts to solicit bribes from applicants at local offices. The department says the arrests form part of its new campaign operation Visa Messina, which means to throw out the rot. Minister Melissi Pigava says his office has been inundated with allegations of corruption and fraud by the officials and they hope to reach a stage when all applications are processed on time and through the correct channels and which will prevent corruption and officers from soliciting bribes. Now I have sympathy with the minister but I'm afraid they will not stop corruption by arresting 26 officers if they do not have proper management. If you do not have people properly qualified with moral values, then you will just they will just employ new people who are prone to corruption and the same situation just happens all over again. Another problem in another state-owned company, the uh, state-owned defense manufacturer Denal, on Wednesday placed three senior executives on special leave pending an investigation. The board of Denal placed the CEO Ria Saluji, the chief financial officer Fikili Ndlondlu and the group company secretary on special leave. They will be on leave while the Denal board investigates a variety of issues including including recent business acquisitions made by the state-owned entity. Now, Donnell is the largest manufacturer of defense equipment in South Africa and operates in the military aerospace and landward defense environment. That Donnell had acquired land systems South Africa from BAE Systems, with BAE yesterday announcing the sale of its 75% stake in LSSA. Said Donnell took over the majority ownership stake for 641 million cash, although the complete acquisition cost Donnell 855 million, as it also bought the remaining 25% stake from BAE Systems partner DGD Technology. Technologies. Now, if one listens to these amounts that is spent by Denal, and you hear that three of their senior people has been suspended because of an investigation in the financial management of the company, then you can think of the major problems experienced due to corruption in the state titles. As a result of the high corruption, former Kasata General Secretary Swellen Zima Barbie arranged a mass march and stay away next week, Wednesday. Apparently, this march is now a planned march and it's a legal march. I do not have a problem with the march because I do believe that something must be done about the corruption. But I just hope that it will have the desired effect that the citizens of South Africa 
are fed up and cannot continue accepting the state of corruption. Bavi said that they are mobilizing the workers. They notified the workers that they have to make a sacrifice of one day's salary in order to support the biggest struggle to save future of South Africa. He said that if they do not tackle the crisis of corruption, which is so directly linked to three other challenges of poverty, unemployment and inequality which South Africa is facing, this country will lose its direction and will be stolen by the most powerful in the political circles who have no interest whatsoever on the ordinary interests of our people. Bobby says he's quite happy with the response that he gets from various role players and that they have unbelievable numbers of endorsements for this march. said they have established the biggest coalition seen in this country and last seen in the country in the days of the United Democratic Front. They are adamant to occupy the city of Pretoria and Cape Town. They will insist that government comply with their responsibility to stop corruption in the private sector, stopping government from corruption. This is the beginning of a people's movement across races, classes and other divisions. The crisis of corruption must be rooted out of South Africa. He said that South Africans must understand that they are not a hopeless, helpless crowd and that they can do something about the current state of affairs. Bavi further said that a few politically connected hyenas were stealing a bright future from the rest of the South African populace and let's reclaim our power from those who are actively destroying the future of our children. The marches to be led by civic society would start a direct engagement with government on pertinent issues, including the protection of whistleblowers and respect for the office of the public protector, which was facing frontal attacks. Now, we have an excellent public protector, Ms. Tuliman Marenzella, who really does a stellar job, but that does not help us at all because every investigation that she has done so far and where she found blame in the government, even with our President Jacob Zuma, they just ignored her reports or obtained other reports that exonerated them from blame. And one can't understand why there is still an office of the public protector when she is supposed to do investigation to do, protect the public from the government. Now, I'm glad that Bavi also mentioned this problem. And I do hope that it will lead to government having respect for the office of the public protector. This march is also supposed supported by Transparency International and its partner in South Africa, Corruption Watch. They will join the thousands to demand the government to take immediate steps to stop the corruption that's blighting the lives of all citizens. Rampant corruption is damaging the future of all South Africans, particularly the poorest of poor. It compromises health care and education. It threatens security and diminishes basic human rights. We should not have to live in a world where the police demand bribes or 
where corrupt administrators and their cronies manipulate business to enrich themselves and impoverish the citizens, said Jose Ugas, Chair of Transparency International. Public outrage at rampant corruption and the impunity enjoyed by those protected by political connections and wealth is intensifying. Those who practice or condone corruption are well advised to examine the dire consequences of doing so. This is what the South African public will attempt to convey with this march. We are exercising our democratic right to tell those in authority that we have had enough, said David Lewis, Executive Director of Corruption Watch. Transparency International and Corruption Watch are calling on the government and private sector for specific actions which include introducing laws to curb corruption in political party funding. Currently in South Africa, uh, we know that the ANC is, for instance, funded by the Guptas, close allies of President Jacob Zuma, and it's definitely a corrupt uh, relationship. But political parties does not have to reveal who fund them and what type of funding they get from these people. So that opened the door for corruption, because if you fund a political party, and more specifically the ANC, who is governing the country, then you can think that you would be able to just clap your fingers and you will get whatever you want to get. And that maybe explains why the Guptas was allowed to land their private jet at the Waterkloof Air Force Base with family members of the Guptas attending a wedding at Sun City. None of the normal security protocol were followed and even though all fingers pointed to President Jacob Zuma having authorised this landing, nothing happened. And the only people that were blamed were the uh, officials working at the Air Force Base and who only did what they were required to do. They only complied with the orders that they were given. Another action that Corruption Watch and Transparency International require is lifestyle audits of senior public servants, which is also a good thing, strengthening whistleblower protection laws. Apparently, there's already less whistleblowers in South Africa due to the consequences of whistleblowing. A fourth step is strengthening the anti-corruption institutions, including the Office of the Public Protector and the Auditor General, and implementing their findings. And as I said, currently their findings are not implemented. More involvement of the public and civil society in the appointment of the Commissioner and the Deputy Commissioners of Police, as well as the National Director of Public Prosecutions. Mandating public registries of the real owners of any company that bids for a public contract to ensure there is no conflict of interest or cronyism in public procurement. Committing to sign the Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative issued by Transparency International. Now this all sounds very good and I am all for this march and for what they want to achieve and I really hope that they will be able to achieve some of these um, actions. Another incident of corruption and or mismanagement is currently, or it's not currently, it's been ongoing in the um, South African Broadcasting 
Commission. The, the Democratic Alliance said it wants the Communications Minister Faith Mutambi's head to roll over Shlahudi Motswaneng's controversial pay raise. Now, even though the African National Congress condemned the salary increase of 912,000 rand increase to 3.7 million rand of the CEO of the um, SABC, they have not really done anything to stop this. Now, this 3.7 million salary is even more than what the state president, President Jacob Zuma, earned. Mr. Shlahudi Motswaneng was already investigated by the uh, public protector and she condemned two previous salary increases that he gave himself. But the minister didn't concern themselves with the report of the public protector and allowing the COO to again increase his salary with this enormous amount of money. Minister Mutambi publicly disagreed with the ANC's discussion document that states that there's a leadership crisis at the SABC. Mutambi pressurized the SABC board to recommend Mutsuning for the position of COO in defiance of the public protector's report, which found that Mutsuning had unlawfully increased his salary three times within one year. It was also also the minister who saw to it that the SABC board members who voted against Motswaneng's appointment were unlawfully removed from office. So if the ANC is serious about dealing with Motswaneng, it will put pressure on the president to remove Mutambi from the cabinet. Mutambi's removal would send out the clearest signal that the ANC has finally lost patience with the never-ending shenanigans at the SABC. The cherry on top is that um, Mr. Mot- Swaneng does not uh, believe his salary is too high. He says there's nothing wrong with a black man earning a big salary. And he says everything is fine with the SABC. But that is not true. And Cloudy himself seems to think that even though he's incapable of doing his job effect as is evident from the SABC's sterile performance, he deserves a million rand a year more. He said that anyone who is able to generate revenue for the SABC should be rewarded accordingly, even if those people are cleaners. His salary has increased more than tenfold in the last five years, shooting up from just under 400,000 per annum to 3.7 million annually. Now, if the SABC was a well-managed um, company and doing financially well, one could have maybe given a blind eye to this, but the SABC ran at a loss of over 365 million. Any businessman would tell you that that is just ludicrous and unacceptable. When one looks at this corruption and mismanagement, one has to consider the following, and you will think that this cannot be true. But yes, as they say, um, fact are stranger than fiction. I have said so many times that if you have a business, then you want the best people employed in that business. Can you imagine working for a company that has a little more than 500 employees with the following statistics? 29 have been accused of spousal abuse. 7 have been arrested for fraud. 19 have been accused of writing bad checks. 
117 have directly or indirectly bankrupted at least two businesses. Three have done time for assault. 71 cannot get a credit card due to a bad credit record. 14 have been arrested on drug-related charges. Eight have been arrested for shoplifting. 21 are currently defendants in lawsuits. 84 have been arrested for drunk driving in the last year. That is 373 and approximately 70% of the employees. And can you guess which organization this is? It is the 535 members of the South African Parliament. And then you must remember our President Jacob Zuma is one of the persons who has a number of cases pending against him and being investigated against him. And he has up-to-date supported all of them. Even the investigation by the public protector, which found that he must pay back some of the money spent on his Nkandla homestead, he managed to ignore. Now, I have now mentioned all the negative issues, but I believe I also have to mention positive aspects. The President has signed the Maintenance Amendment Act 9 of 2015. In September, some of the important provisions of this Maintenance Act is that it makes provision for interim orders. You know, we sat with the situation where parents who apply for maintenance have to wait for months before the non-custodial parent is brought to court or before there is a formal inquiry. And for all those months, they, they have to sit and maintain their children on their own without any assistance from the other parent. Uh, but now, at last, that is now part of the new Maintenance Act. The maintenance courts can also now make orders by default, which is also a very good thing. They can also make cost orders, which is another very good thing. But then one of the most important aspects of this new Act is the reporting of maintenance defaulters to any credit provider. One set with the situation where fathers or mothers who had to pay maintenance do not pay their maintenance, but then you will find that they live a life of luxury. They have new cars, they have holiday homes, they go on holiday, they have credit cards, they spend, they socialize and do not skimp on themselves, but they fail to pay maintenance. Reporting them to service providers, putting them, blacklist them on ITC, is a very good thing because at last they will not be able to make more debt um, while they are not paying their maintenance. Some people say this act is just window dressing. Now we know the previous act also had very good measures to uh, ensure that people pay maintenance, but one sits with a problem that the implementation of the act is not properly done, again, because of incompetent people, because of maintenance officers not doing proper investigations, and the, because of the understaffing of the maintenance Courts. If you do not have staff to do the work and if you do not have competent people with the correct and qualifications, then you can have the best law. It will not help you. Another major problem is the issue with education. Now, for freedom, fairness and opportunity to prevail in South Africa, a good education system is non-negotiable. Now, for you who are known with the uh, apartheid system in South Africa, you would know 
know that the blacks blamed the white government of failing to give the blacks proper education. Now, I believe that that was simply not true. But now they experience a lack of education at the hand of their black brothers. The major problem in South Africa is the South African Democratic Teachers Union. According to the Department of Basic Education, half of children in South Africa cannot read by the end of grade three. The crisis is one of the main drivers of inequality and suffering in South Africa. Children are not being given the literacy and numeracy skills they need to be able to break out of the poverty trap and access opportunities. Term economic growth. The crisis in our education system is not about budget constraints. South Africa spends four times as much as Kenya does on each primary school student, and yet Kenya outperforms us in both literacy and numeracy. This small standard of education in South Africa is largely due to political interference. It is necessary that our education system be designed and run by education experts for whom our children's interests are the top priority. Instead, it has been commandeered by the SATU, Section 29 of our Constitution guarantees the right of every child to a basic education and it must be read together with Section 28.2 that states that a child's best interests are paramount. Now, the Department of Basic Education's shambolic last-minute postponement of the NS this month proves conclusively that these rights are being violated by the South African Democratic Teachers Union. The Minister of Basic Education, Angie Machekha, admitted this week that Satu is purely politically motivated. That is really ironic as um, the ANC needs the 245,000 members of SATU for the elections and that is why they do not bring them to book. And it is unacceptable that the whims of 245 teachers have been given priority over the needs of 12 million school children. SATU has dramatically lowered both the quality and quantity of education provided to the children of South Africa. They have blocked measures to hold teachers accountable for poor performance. They have achieved this by preventing the implementation of teacher performance assessments that are linked directly to results. This matter has been before the Education Labor Relations Council for more than four years and all parties except SATU have signed to indicate their agreement to these assessments. SATU has opposed competency tests for principals. These competency tests were first mooted by Minister Mashecha in 2011 already. Satu immediately rejected these suggestions and denying that any of their principals were underperforming. Satu even demanded the resignation of the Minister and the Director General and they choose critical times in the education calendar such as exam periods push for their demands. They know full well that this will increase the pressure on the uh, Department of Basic Education to accede to their demands. An example of this is the unlawful strikes and incidents of intimidation that took place during the 2014 matric preliminary exams. Such members not teaching were then used to campaign for the ANC for the national election that year, and Satu is widely alleged to be interfering in the management of the education system. It appears that Satu has been allowed to exercise disproportionate and undue influence in a corrupt manner and on a massive scale. Nowhere is it clearer 
than the much-publicized Satu jobs for cash scandal. An investigation into this scandal, instituted by the Minister of Basic Education, Andrew Mshekha, and headed by Professor John Fulmink, probed allegations that Satu officials in KwaZulu-Natal had insisted that the department reduce the educational requirements for teaching posts from degrees to diplomas, and that Satu essentially runs the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education, dictating who gets what jobs. Also at issue are widespread rumours of the exchange of cash for posts. The 2,000 rand appears to be the going rate for a principal's post. The South African Democratic Teachers Union actively contributes to the massive inequalities within the education system. The union is, sadly, predominantly active in poorer schools. It is in these less affluent schools that the worst academic performances are recorded. Satu is heaping additional disadvantage on South Africa's poorest children of achieving their potential or being able to assess opportunities of education our children receive. The Democratic Alliance win on Wednesday lodged a complaint against Satu with the South African Human Rights Commission. They have requested that the Human Rights Commission produce a full report on the extent to which Satu is responsible for the violation of learners' rights. Now, I do believe if you've listened to this, if you took in what I've said about the education system in South Africa, then it is perfectly clear why we sit with a situation where incompetent people who do not have the necessary qualifications or experience or basic education is employed in positions where they should not be employed. And the ANC does not have regard for the children of South Africa. Thank you, people. And I will appreciate if you would um, send me an email to admin at weboso, W-E-B-O-S-O.org. And um, you can ask questions or you can ask me to address you on a specific issue about South Africa. Good night. Patriots, before we close the show today, I would um, I would like to leave you with these thoughts. Coming from the mouth of an individual that loves my country, loves the American people, loves my Christian religion, respects my constitution, respects my laws that I am governed by in my state and in federal laws. But I have to say this. I have to say this. There are many people in this country, young, middle-aged, old, that have no concept at all about America, have no concept at all about what we really stand for, And there's always been a reference to people with no spine or backbone. They call them sheeple. And those are the individuals that hide behind the skirts of their wives, hide behind closed doors, hide under their desk, their beds, afraid to speak out, afraid to say anything because they are afraid they might be someone that will be accused of judging somebody for what they do. There was a woman that lived next door to these two jihadists that killed all of those innocent people. 
in San Bernardino. And she said to a news reporter, she had noticed that in that house where these two jihadists lived, that there were strange things going on over the last couple of weeks before this went down. People coming and going, packages arriving, people up in the garage and all during all times of night and early morning. And she suspected something was going on there. And a news reporter asked her, why didn't you report this to the authorities? And this comes from the mouth of one of these people we would call a sheeple. She said, I was afraid that I would be accused of you know, not being politically correct, of telling on somebody of that uh, I shouldn't be telling on because they're Muslims, whatever. I'm paraphrasing now. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, have we as a nation come to the point where we are scared to death of our government? Scared to death of what people will think of us? Scared to death to speak out? Now I know and you know that the left always tells us that the people on the right, the people, the conservatives, the Christians, etc., have no means, no reason to speak out because they don't know anything. And they're stupid idiots for believing in a God anyway. And the only people that really know what's going on are people of the liberal persuasion. And they live by the old adage, my way or the highway. We all know this. And I guess, you know, this lady was afraid of being accused of profiling. She might be called a bigot, a racist. Those words from the left, coming from the left, have America tongue-tied. Have America so afraid of themselves and afraid of others what they might think of them if they speak out that they say nothing. America's in big trouble. America's in big trouble because right now we have a whole class of people that I call liberals, socialists, Marxists, progressive, communists. They live by the brand that they are the highway. And it's their way or no way. And if you speak out from another persuasion such as a conservative or a Christian or an NRA person or somebody like that, you are just, you just don't count in America because this is a new America. It's ran by these isms. Socialism, communism, progressivism, sheepalism. America, you ought to be a scare. You ought to be so damn afraid of what's going down in this country today that you would take to the damn streets. We have a government that's against us. We have a president that works every day of his life in political office against the American people, especially we Christians. And every arrow, every pointer points to the fact from what he has said, what he has said about Americans, what he said about Christians, what he said about our way of life, every fact points to the fact that he is indeed a Muslim. Or at the very least, a Muslim sympathizer to the point of jeopardizing the security of you and me and our children. 
Now he's still hell-bent on bringing those Syrians to this country. I don't hear too many Americans protesting it. I don't hear too many Americans standing up at town hall meetings through across, across the United States protesting the fact that he wants to bring more Muslims, more Islamic-worshipping people into our country that he don't know a damn thing about. I guess the only thing I can say in closing the show is this. Fellow Americans, patriots, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, veterans, active duty folks, first responders, etc. This is your country. This is your country. You work in it every day. You work under an umbrella of freedoms that our Constitution affords you to work under. We were the freest country in the world. Well, we used to be. And to let this all go by the boards for the simple fact of being politically correct, well, we are committing suicide as a nation. We are committing suicide as a nation. This, like Europe, is just about finished with the carrying out of suicide over there. Political correctness has just about killed Western civilization in Europe. Do we want to be next? It's your call, America. It's your country. It's where you live. It's where your kids are going to grow up. This is Gary Gatehouse with the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday edition, and we'll be back Monday. Until then, good day. on these